Welcome to this episode of CDM Media's Executive Insights. I'm your host, J.D. Miller. I'm excited for this week's episode as we're in full swing with our live summit season. It's been great to connect with top CIOs and CISOs face-to-face from London to New York, Minneapolis to Los Angeles, and spanning the globe. It's been fantastic to host these and continue to build connections and share expertise along the way. Next up, we have our CIO CISO Atlanta Summit on April 19th at the Four Seasons in Atlanta, where top technology and security leaders from across the country will join us. Now, check out this lineup. We start with a fantastic keynote by Ben Halpert, CISO at Groupon, talking about CIOs and CISOs as transformation leaders. Kevin Gowan, CISO of Synovus, will talk about alignment and value, communicating your cyber program to the C-suite and the board. Kalali Charan Durghampudi, CTO of Zealous, will educate the crowd on hiring and retention for technology talent in the current market conditions. Steve Pugh, CISO of Intercontinental Exchange, will lead a think tank around revisionist cybersecurity questioning common security recommendations. Walt Carter, CDO of Homestar, will discuss leading change initiatives in this year and beyond. Justin Daniels of Baker Donaldson will talk about ransomware and the need for good communication as the decision makers face tough business decisions based on incomplete facts and time under pressure. Along with that, we have great content from our partners at IBM, IDM Works, Nobi4, Tubora, Venify, Versec, XM Cyber, One Cosmos, 42 Crunch, AWS, Cribble, Dispel, GitGuardian, and more. I'm also excited to have the opportunity to sit down with Max Garcia at the Atlanta Summit for a fireside chat. Max is the CISO and Executive Director Financial Services Division at NCR. We're going to discuss the changing role of the CISO. Our systems are smarter and the bad actors are trying other methods now to get into our organizations. We're going to talk defense in depth, a renewed focus on expanding tabletop exercises, ransomware, and so much more. So when we come back, Max is gonna actually join me to give us a taste of some of the topics we'll discuss in our fireside chat in Atlanta. Stick around. As we look at at this Atlanta summit, and we uh, are really excited to sit down for a fireside chat with you. One of the questions is, I know you you believe in, in tabletop exercises, right? You know, how do you set that up? How do you organize it? And how do you get buy-in? Well, um, this typically is a security function, right? That, that is isolated within the security team. So there's there's some prep work that gets done, you know, some planning. And I, I like to do this and, and, and encourage, let it be you, the CISO, uh, and maybe one other cohort that signals an issue, an alert, right? So kind of keep little people off their toe, you know, off their toes and surprise them with something coming up and just kind of run with it with where they don't really know it's real or not real. Because um, if it if they know it's not real, I think I think the sense of urgency is not there. Uh, so you kind of want to surprise them a little bit. And obviously partway through, you know, <laughs> Once people start calling, you know, other VPs, you can kind of put the brakes on it. But that, that's what you want to see. You want to see how your team reacts when something gets presented. 
tell me, how do you balance the the crying wolf too? Because it's constantly in the news. They're constantly hearing it from your team, from from others. Um, when you do these exercises to get the best response possible, uh, I don't think you can ever. I mean, uh, I would say a mature security team. I want to say is numb to it, but. I think a good security team is always on the edge, right? Of something popping up that they're just not aware of. So uh, it, it's something you can't train for. It, it, I think it's just in the DNA of a good security team. You know, they're, they're going to react, uh, whether it's something in the public domain or something you trigger internally, the same way. As we look forward, you had mentioned, you know, our systems are getting smarter, Right. Um, but the bad actors are trying new and different methods. What are you seeing as, as people are preparing themselves for this year and beyond? Yeah, I say that there's a lot of new systems and tools that have some machine learning and AI capabilities that take in threat intelligence to see kind of what the noise is out in the sphere of dark web and threats and trying to predict to see what the next, you know, maybe vector might be. Um, uh, and the other good part too, is there's some organizations, uh, as I'm, I'm a member of the, uh, GSU board for enterprise-based cybersecurity that work with companies to provide customized threat Intel. So if, if organizations, you know, you can buy this stuff, but if you want it tailored to what your industry is, you know, organizations like, like the one at GSU can work with you to tailor and kind of be an extension of your arm, you know, from a threat intel perspective. So, you know, I, I think organizations need to think outside the box a little bit and how they get that information. Max, you keep going back to uh, defense in depth, right? Is really being a focus. How, as an organization, do you change your, your mindset and your structure to, to really approach, um, you know, their, you know, how you function in a defense in depth strategy? Uh, just like every organization, some of this requires costs, right? So it's just part of how you mature your security program. You, you have a roadmap of some things that you'd like to do. You lay them out, you come up with the cost structures and just every year as you go back to the trough to uh, your budgeting cycle is to try to start chipping away at getting some of those pieces in place. So it's just a roadmap, I think drives what you do. And then as you engage the business and the organization, on uh, each year through your budget cycle, how do you get some of those pieces in place? Now, what you'll find at times with that roadmap, and if there is a risk that manifests itself, I, I like to call it, you know, take advantage of a, of a crisis. That's when you didn't say, hey, I've got these pieces in place, help me fund this now. So you're prepared, right? So when something like that doesn't happen, you could take advantage, I don't want to say take advantage, because that's probably the right, not the right term, but but really, an opportunity to, to really mature your program a little quicker. I, I'm curious, you know, tell me your thoughts on zero trust. We're talking frameworks. Um, tell me, you know, it's been around 14, almost 15 years since John uh, Kinevage put together on a napkin what a zero trust should look like for Forrester. So tell me, what, what's your take on zero trust and where do you see it going? I, I say it's, it's, a, it's an evolution, right? We, we have a lot of our organizations have legacy systems, legacy architecture um, that, you know, getting there is, is a little difficult, you know, both from a cost and planning perspective. So I, as 
as I said, similar to maturing your security program, zero trust is probably part of that, that roadmap as to how you want to get there. Uh, sometimes you can leverage, you know, we're all migrating to public cloud. That's another opportunity to, to take advantage of some of those capabilities. Uh, but just like every other security measure, it's, it's an evolution and you got to look at what, where I'm at today and how do I get there? And it's that planning, that road mapping, and then, uh, getting the business buy-in during your normal budget cycles to get there. I'm curious, have you seen an uptick? Um, you know, the, the issue with, with Russia's in the news a, a lot lately. Have you seen an uptick in um, threat uh, from a cyber standpoint for businesses here in the United States? Uh, I expect there to be a threat, uh, but I'm sure every organization here is prepared for that. And we, we all prepare for the unexpected, you know, these black swan events that occur. Uh, so while, and that's the whole defense in depth piece, you, you've got systems, you may see an uptick of its protections, but you know, we're, we're all, I think, prepared for, for things and spikes in, in threats. Obviously, if, if there is an event similar to like a solar winds or log for J where there's, you know, there's uh, IOCs that we can then deploy because we're, we're aware of certain threats, then we'll, we'll deploy them. And we're ready to do that. We just right now, I think it's a little bit of a noise until there's a break in the system and, and, and we have additional data to, to actually protect ourselves against. Yeah, one question I always love asking, ransomware, do you pay? No, don't pay. Why? Uh, well, it's, you know, you're just uh, supporting their activity, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's a, re uh, a reward basically for, for their efforts. And, you know, that's where you have to prepare your systems for such an event so that your data, if it does get compromised and encrypted, that you have it isolated somewhere where you can restore or you're okay with losing it and just starting from scratch. So I, I think it's, uh, a thought process that an organization has to go through to, uh, from a ransomware perspective, you know, make sure you protect yourselves as much as you can, where you can't, and you're okay with the loss. You, you just don't, you just don't pay. That was just a small taste of what to expect at our Atlanta summit. Thanks again to Max for taking us through this today and giving us a glimpse into his session at the CIO CISO Atlanta Summit. You still have time to register at cdmmedia.com. Also, be sure to tune into our family of podcasts like this Executive Insights Show, our Solutions Spotlight, Women in Tech, and Marketing Insights Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep connected.